Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Welcome and good morning to the Agent Power Huddle, 8 o'clock on the West Coast, 11 a.m. on the East Coast. And we are in the middle of a series from Way of the Seal, Mark Devine. And I'm here with my good friend and co-host today, Craig Graves. Craig, looks like you're muted on my screen. Make sure you're unmuted so we can all hear you. And let's get started with today's material. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, can you hear me? Absolutely. Outstanding. Good morning. You've got a little glare on your screen there, so there's a better view of the book. And we're actually at the end. Uh, today, we're talking about principle number eight, and that is the last principle. So uh, I guess maybe maybe wrapping it up today. We'll see what the future holds. Yeah, no doubt. Well, there could be another follow-on uh, power huddle with the material that's presented even after principle eight of this book that kind of brings all this together. It talks about leading from the heart the importance of a highly functioning team, the importance of working together and working through challenges. So there's a lot of good material that we could recap from the book. So we could talk about that, Craig. But yeah, before we get started, uh, you're an unbeatable mind coach. And correct. a lot of that is from the material from this book and what Mark Devine has put together. So can you share with us a little bit about what that means and how you became certified as an unbeatable mind coach? Yeah, yeah. And let me say one thing while we're all kind of on the topic, too. There's a there's a section in here on training these principles, right? So the way of the seal and and, and really Mark's teachings in general are um, concepts that we train. You know, we're not going to read this. We're not going to read this book or go through these eight principles and, and, and be way of the seal leaders or lead like elite warriors. It's a training process. So there's also a, an, a module or a chapter on training, what we're talking about in this book, too. And um, that might be a good topic for later. Yeah. So uh, the, the reason I became a, an Unbeatable Mind coach, and Unbeatable Mind is one of Mark's companies. Mark has um, Seal Fit and Unbeatable Mind. Seal Fit is where he kind of trains special operations candidates to go through this election process. We've, we've talked about a lot of this before on, on these calls. Um, but I'd always been kind of a personal development junkie. Always been fascinated with Navy SEALs, even as a kid, not because I wanted to be one, but because I wanted to know why the 15% were, were able to get through while everybody else, uh, while 85% while or more would quit. And it turns out it's their mindset. And I thought this was something we're either born with or not. And then when I read The Way of the SEAL, I realized Mark was teaching things, teaching mental toughness and teaching these mindset techniques. And I'm like, wow, I got I to I gotta read this and see what he's talking about here. And it made such an impact on my life that when he opened up a coaching program, I'm like, man, I got to get, you know, I got to get certified and start sharing these concepts with other people. And then here I am today with you, with you guys. Well, we're glad you're here. And why don't we do a recap quickly of the principles that led us to principle number eight today, which is the yeah, final yeah. principle from the book. Yeah. So, so, yeah, there's there's eight principles and you know we've gone through each of those. Let me just see if I can strum through here. The first, the first principle was establishing our set point, and the principles kind of build on each other. So, in the first principle, we 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 uh, we created a stand, which is what would we do in a, in a given situation if faced with a tough decision? What will we do? We also talked about our purpose. You know, what is our purpose in life? And 
there is a document I believe we put in the Facebook group, right? The the three P's, yeah, the three one, the three document. P's document. Yeah, yeah and so the workbook for the entire book. In the workbook, right? So there's exercises at the end of each chapter. Uh, they also created the workbook based on the exercises where you can take notes and things like that. Those are in the Facebook group. So those those documents are there. In principle number two, now that we know what our purpose is, we developed our front sight focus by preparing our mind. Uh, we talked about visualizing and envisioning our goal, defining our mission, simplifying the battlefield. Principle number three is bulletproofing our mission. We talked about selecting the right targets, the right high value targets, exploring our options, communicating the mission, and dirt diving the mission. Uh, in principle four, we talked about do today what others won't, uh, finding our 20x factor. You know, Mark would say we're capable of 20 times more than we think we are. Uh, embracing the suck, building on the three Ds of discipline, drive, and determination. Uh, principle five was forging mental toughness, uh, controlling our response, controlling our arousal response, controlling our attention so we can keep that focus, uh, controlling our emotions by, by uh, developing emotional resilience, setting effective goals, and then again, we talked about visual, visualizing powerfully. Principle six was break things. So we apply total commitment. We fail forward fast. We don't want to get held up in, in fear failure. Failure is the best teacher. So we want to fail forward fast, navigate gaps for opportunity, and innovate and adapt quickly. Last time, we talked about principle seven, which was building our intuition. And we build our intuition by expanding our awareness, by strengthening our, our sensory perception, uncovering our background of obviousness. And Matthew, that was our, our past uh, belief systems, maybe past traumas and experiences that hold us back. We want to make sure our inner is aligned with our outer. And then we open up to our inner wisdom. And then today, that leads us up to today, which is principle number eight, thinking offense all the time. Yeah, and there's, there's so much good material uh, in this last principle, think offense all the time. So uh, I did want to give a shout out to Zach, who has put together, uh, you know, the, with this series, there's eight videos that we've done over the past two months or so. And Zach put those together in a playlist. And I wonder if we could share the link to the playlist in the chat or on the Facebook group. And that way, each of those principles you just listed, Craig, you can go through and watch each of those videos. Uh, the one last week on building your intuition, I felt like was one of the strongest uh, ones out of the eight. I love six breaking things. Who doesn't like the idea of breaking things and then finding ways to put it back together, uh, failing fast in this business, um, navigating the gaps for opportunity, and then innovating and adapting quickly. Like, like we said, Craig, today's show is about uh, improvise, adapt, and overcome with every other principle we were together standing side by side. And with me on the road today, we're going to find a way to overcome the challenge there and host the huddle anyway. That's a good point. It's a little bit different today, right? <laughs> yeah, but we, we find a way to move forward anyway. So with the think offense all the time, let's jump right into the material uh, with that lead up, bringing us to principle number eight. Um, Craig, what if I started us off today just with the notes you had put together directly from the book? Yeah, that's um, a great that, idea. Yeah, that first statement there. Let's do that. Principle number eight, think offense all the time. And these are Mark's words, Mark Devine from the book. But he says, my intention is that you will never be caught in a defensive mental posture again. 
you can't just hope for the best and then wait to see what happens, <clears throat> especially not in a VUCA environment, V-U-C-A, uh, which is an acronym. And we'll get to that shortly. Instead, you will scan the field, prepare for the worst with contingencies, and take action at the first sign of opportunity. You will always be prepared to take action, no matter the circumstances, knowing and expecting you will win every time you step foot in the arena. To accomplish this, you must retune your attitude to a think offense all the time mindset. So with that, Craig, you, your thoughts on the uh, on what that means, think offense all the time, principle number eight. Yeah, I, th I think that a lot of times we, we are in defensive mode, right? We, uh, we don't tend to think offense. We, we hunker down, we get comfortable in a certain situation and just kind of stay there. And, and Mark's point is to be an elite leader, we need to be thinking offense all the time. And we're going to do that today. We're going to talk about four different things. We're going to talk about developing unwavering confidence, uh, sharpening our awareness, doing the unexpected, and leading with rapid execution. You know, Matthew, I believe there is a lot here in, in this particular principle. We could probably stay here for a, for a couple of sessions at least, um, but we'll try, to, we'll try to sum it up today for, for one. So developing unwavering confidence is, is really the first thing that we want to do when, we, when we're thinking offense all the time. And what he's talking about here is talking about a couple different things. Um, but basically, Matthew, he starts out talking about the words that we use. You know, what kind of words do we use? If You know, we can be thinking positive all the time, but if we're using weak and, and defensive words, that's going to that's gonna uh, hinder our ability to, uh, to move forward and, and, and to be offensive and maybe kind of leave us powerless. You know, when we, think about, when we think about words, it also creates images in our mind. And so what he's saying here is we really want to start using words that portray a confident offensive-based mindset. Um, and what I kind of wanted to do is there's a there's a section in here. I just kind of wanted to read through what he says, what he says about that. It's, it's kind of wacky, right? Talking about words and stuff like that. But uh, but I think there's a lot of tricks here. You know, our words are powerful. And Chad Wright, who's also a Navy SEAL, talks about the power of the spoken word. And once you speak things, they 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 become not only your reality, but the reality of those around you. So Mark has a little exercise here where he challenges you to, to look at your words and see what they are and then, and then use different words to portray different images in your own mind. So he says, make an honest assessment of the language that you use on a daily basis. Do you use negative or slow down words? Note the imagery that the words in the first column of the list below conjure up in your mind. Now compare these with the images conjured up by the words in the second column. So those words are in, in the first column, he says, defend, good, block, retreat, can't, try, failed, and maybe. And then on the other hand, attack, great, strike, pounce, will, do, learned, indefinitely. So those, those words are words of power, right? And they give us powerful images in our mind. And uh, so the point is, is to, is to reevaluate which words you use. He even takes, I'm not going to read the rest of this, but the exercise is, is to pay attention to your words and make a list of those words. And then what words could you upgrade to, to give yourself this offensive based mindset? Well, words are powerful and they create mental images. And 
just like we talked about breathing, it sounds like a simple thing, but when we just a couple of principles ago, we talked about how important it was with our, our outlook and where we were with our mind to control our breathing, control our mindset. And you think you know, I've got to be purposeful about how I breathe. Yes. Yes, you do. And the same thing with words. If you find yourself using those words, like we talked about, uh, good, replace it with great block, replace with strike. So the negative column, replace it with the words with the more positive connotations and the positive mental images that are in the right column. Yeah, absolutely. One that sticks out here for me is try. I, I tend to say that a lot and I'll correct myself when I hear it, but try. I'm, yeah, I'll try. Oh no, I'll, I will. I will do this. You know, mm-hmm. I'll try to make it. No, I'll be there. You know, so that that's one that always presents a kind of a, maybe a little stumbling block for me. And, you know, you could, you could quote Yoda, the Jedi Knight Yoda. You say, there is no try. There's only do, right? That's it. Well, you mentioned earlier on the call, Craig, that this book is about training. And so it's not a one-time read. You know, going back through this material is you'll catch yourself. I mean, because you've already, you, you've been through this material in the past. You've changed your mindset along the way. But, you know, on a daily basis, thinking about the words that you use. And there's another one that you, you know, hey, that's another reminder to increase the, um, or improve the, the words that you choose. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. I've read this book many times, taught it many times, but, you know, as I'm preparing for these, these agent power huddle talks, I'm learning new stuff, you know, so it is definitely a, a definitely a process. Um, the next thing he talks about is in relation to developing your confidence is, is tapping into the mental toughness, tapping into your emotion, your emotions and, and directing your emotions. Um, you know, we talked about emotional resilience and we talked about the, uh, the mental toughness module and that's really transmuting our emotions into, into different emotions. So if we feel angry, maybe transmuting that into confidence or determination. So as we begin to think in these offensive mindsets, then really channeling our emotions is going to be something that we're going to have to tap into. So he says the two go hand in hand. An offensive mindset, the two being an offensive mindset and emotional control, is the vehicle that allows you to focus your energy or your emotional energy in a controlled manner, manner toward the target. So that's, you know, tapping into that mental toughness and being able to direct your emotions is also key to developing that unwavering confidence and thinking all chance all the time. Um, what are your thoughts on emotional control, Matthew? Well, I think about relating it specifically to real estate is in a couple of ways. Number one is goal setting. You know, we all have a financial uh, burden that we have a requirement that we have, let's say every week or every month financially. And we do goal setting at the beginning of the year and you revisit those goals through the year, but you never want to set your goal exactly where you need to be. We need to be 10 times in our goal or you're doubling the goal to think about where you are. Um, and that way, if even if you miss the goal, uh, you've still covered exactly what you need on your monthly. So I think about that because in what we do, like uh, we were looking as a team and we have, you know, 14, 15 transactions under contract right now. Okay. As a, as a real estate team. Well, that's great, but guess what? I mean, it's, not all of those are going to reach the closing table. I mean, that's just the reality of what we do. Despite how hard we try, there's things that come up and we're not going to get them all to the closing table. Um, you know, you're working with people, nothing's ever a definite. So when we think offense, we can't look back at, at the success we've had in the past or back off of our uh, effort to go after new business. Uh, we say, oh, guess we got 15 under contract. Uh, we can we can take off of our follow-up today. We can take off our lead generation today or you know, we're, we're leaning in, especially in this market. We don't know how long the market will last. So we're leaning in, thinking offense, 
all the time, just like what the principal is saying uh, at principal number eight here. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Janice asked a question. She says, do they give a chart of good words versus negative words? Let me, let me just run through those real quick again. So give you the, the, the negative word and, and its counterpart. So defend versus attack, good versus great, block versus strike, retreat versus pounce, can't versus will, try versus do, failed versus learned, and maybe versus definitely. So that's those are the words, Janice, that he gives in, in this particular book. I mean, I'm sure there's tons, tons more that you could come up with on your own, and there's probably other examples out there somewhere. But those are the ones that he specifically mentions in, in, in the book. Yeah, but but specifically answering the question, yes, there's a chart uh, on my book. And I think you've got the revised version, Craig, yes. but at uh, page 159. Yeah. So if it page pops up now that I'm speaking, it's yeah. Same words, same words. The next thing he talks about, Matthew, is making uh, thinking offensively requires us to make quick judgments. And he talks about avoiding mental traps. So, you know, we all have these mental traps. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure if you know, who, I'm sure you know who Warren Buffett is, right? His partner at Berkshire Hathaway is Charlie Munger. And they use mental models because they don't trust, they don't trust their own minds to make good decisions, right? And so if those guys are, you know, second guessing their minds, then, then that tells, tells us that we all probably have that same thing. So he talks about avoiding mental traps. Um, some examples of mental traps are confirmation bias. So, you know, we tend to make up our minds and then go out and look for information that backs up what we already think. He talks about avoiding things you doubt rather than investigating them. So that's another mental trap that we fall into. Feel you owe something to people who give you something. Uh, believe that if something is good for someone you know, then it must be good for you too. Wait for social proof before acting. Going to things, um, uh, going to things once you have them. Inflating the value or veracity of authority figures, ideas, thoughts, and decisions. You know, it's it's so funny to me that people just seem to to, to listen to what authority figures or politicians, if you will, tell them and just take that at face value. And I think we all tend to fall into those those mental traps. So, Matthew, what are your thoughts on on mental traps and how to avoid those? Well, I think we have to be mindful of it. Uh, we just did the show with Chris about moral courage and uh, the strength that it takes to stand up in the face of opposition or the face of consequences. And I think that goes along with one of the uh, mental traps that's talking about this social proof. So you may have a feeling about something, but I want to see somebody else do it before I do it. But I mean, what about in this business, all the ways that we innovate, and do new things, and it's, that could set us apart. Uh, you can't always wait for somebody else to do it. Um, if you have a great idea about something, you have it. It doesn't mean somebody else has it. It doesn't even mean they're going to understand it. You know, you, don't, you, you shouldn't always have to wait for the social proof before you step out there and give it a try. Exactly. Exactly right. Exactly right. So look out for those mental traps and avoid those. He moves then into sharpening your awareness. And he talks about the, the Cooper color system. This uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Cooper came up with this with this system where um, remember the old movie? Uh, was it War Games? Was, Matthew, was it Matthew Broderick a long time ago? I don't the, know. the kid the kid hacks into a computer system and and DefCon one, and so he's play he thinks he's playing a video game, but he's really playing with with the uh, with the military's nuclear systems. But there's <laughs> these color codes. There's these DefCon one, two, three, four, and the higher you go, the higher the threat. And that's kind of what this is. So in this particular example. A white is a complete lack of awareness of one's surroundings. Yellow represents an alert posture, scanning for threats and opportunities. Orange is an escalation to the preparatory stage, ready to fight and crank it up as necessary. 
And red means, hey, man, you know, we're, we're, we're taking action. So what he recommends is that to think offense all the time, we really want to stay in this yellow alert posture so that we're scanning for, for threats and opportunities, you know, to, to, to think offense or to, or to take action. So, you know, you and I talked about this and one of the things, you know, you're out in a you're out in uh, a house or whatever with, with strange people. I mean, what are your thoughts on the color code system? I think about it in terms of more of a big picture with the real estate industry right now. There is a lot of discussion around how long the market that we have right now lasts. There's a lot of talk and discussion and it's and a lot of people have different opinions about it. Um, one video I watched, uh, the guy was saying, we probably don't have to the end of the year before the uh, eviction moratorium and the foreclosure moratorium are turned off. And that's going to drastically impact our market. Uh, to hedge inflation, we're going to see market uh, rates increase. That's going to affect our market. So when I look at this, I say, well, what posture do we need to be in right now uh, with the way we approach the business? And the way we're approaching it is we don't know how long the window is going to remain open. We don't know how long this market's going to hang on. And we're communicating this to our, our clients, uh, both buyer and seller clients, but I think primarily seller clients, because what we tell them is there has never been a better time to sell than there is right now. There's never been a better time to sell. And so with that in mind, you can hold off if you choose to, but let's revisit the opportunity every 30 days or so. If you decide not to put the sign in the yard today and test this market, let's revisit that every 30 days or so and watch the, the market, watch the data, because as we see that window closing, we may lose our opportunity and you don't want to look back. There's a, there's a lot of folks that look back and say, well, uh, it was 2010, 2011, and I had to sell. Well, your opportunity to sell was back in 07 and you missed the 07 market and you regretted it for years. You don't want to say, man, 2021, that was our window. That was our opportunity. And so if you want to look at it as, as the color, uh, white, yellow, orange, red for sellers, it's red. It's a red market. Now is the time. And we need to be approaching it that way as agents too. Uh, we, we, uh, you know, we're going into the harvest season, like, you know, in the fall is harvest. Well, guess what? It's harvest season right now. It's work the long hours right now. It's return the calls right now. It's go after every, every opportunity you have right now, because we don't know when it turn it goes to orange back to yellow. And then we'll all look back and say, wow, what an opportunity that was in 2021. It's one of the best markets we had ever seen. That's awesome. That's a, that's a heck of a way to look at it, man. Well, we, we have opportunity in front of us right now. So when I, when I think about this, if, you, if you're thinking about the, uh, you know, expanding into a new market, if you're thinking about taking on a new opportunity, if you're thinking about preparing yourself for uh, working foreclosures or the REO market, you know, those, now's the time to be thinking about those things because we're not guaranteed. You, you, you got to be thinking offense right now. And as the book says, offense all the time. So what if we're thinking about it in terms of preparing for a changing market? You know, are we going to go back into a defensive posture when the market changes? I mean, according to Mark's principle, there's an opportunity for offense all the time. All so the time. we're in a good market. Yeah. What, what, what does offense look like in today's market? Well, if the market shifts and the market changes and we have more REOs, uh, we move towards uh, more, uh, the, the video I watched said rental, uh, rental nation. You know, how do, what does offense look like in that market or in a changing market as we shift from one market to another? So those are just some ways to think offense all the time as specifically it relates to real estate. 
That's very interesting, man, especially to a guy who's not a real estate person. But that might lead us right into the next, the next, um, the next thing is do the unexpected. He talks about, um, you know, looking at things from a different angle than other people. And I'm not sure how you would do that as a real estate agent, but you know, I think we all we talked about herd mentality and stuff like that. We all tend to look at things one way, but how do we look at things in, in, from a different angle? Um, and he starts to talk about breaking the rules, and, and not necessarily breaking rules that are. You know, like breaking laws or breaking breaking rules eth- uh, ethically, unethically, or something like that. But he talks about breaking rules, and he gives three kind of three examples. Uh, you know, rules to break include rules that that include, but are not rep- that are not uh, limited to uh, representing weak patterns of behavior, uh, perhaps built on outdated models of thinking or structures that are ha- hampering your performance. Uh, blinding you or your competition or inadvertently constraining perfectly good options for getting a job done or rules that are outdated, impractical, unethical, and in our worldview that go against internationally accepted standards or that are flat out stupid and easy to exploit with little consequence. So do the unexpected, do what other people are, are not doing. And then he kind of gives a list, Matthew, of, of, of eight rules to break right now. And you and I were kind of talking a little bit about these before the call started. But rule number one, he says to break, is break the rule of being a great multitasker. You know, we talked about front sight focus earlier in this series, but there's lots of research that says, you know, multitasking actually hampers productivity. So find what you're going to focus on, focus on that and, and leave the multitasking out. The second rule is nice guys finish last. Um, he talks about how, Focused determination can make a nice guy look like a jerk, right? And so nice guys don't always finish last. They might appear not to be nice guys, but when in reality, they really are. More is better. That's a rule we want to break. You know, there's a story about Steve Jobs. When he went back to Apple, he got everybody in a conference room and he listed Apple's four top products on the on the whiteboard or whatever. You know, they were doing printers and all kinds of different stuff. We're going to do the, we're going to do the Mac. We're going to do this, that, that. The rest of you guys are fired. So, you know, he took, he took a simpler model. He, he cut out the more just in, and focused on what was really important. Um, fight fair. Now, that doesn't mean cheat or anything like that. That just means kind of um, that's a rule we're breaking is fighting fair. You know, how can we, how can we uh, fight differently, which seems like we're, um, Maybe maybe breaking rules when we're not right. Uh, always tell the truth. That's a good policy. We probably tell our kids that. But there might be times when we don't tell the truth to certain people, or that we make our our, our competition think something that's that's not. You know, that's one of that's one of Sun Tzu's principles is keeping your enemy on the on on his toes. Right. Eat square. Eat three square meals a day. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know, that's that's a rule that we we think about. There's a lot of stuff with fasting and, and, and stuff like that. So that might be a rule that we break. Uh, be real all the time. And that kind of goes back to making things fuzzy in the face of our competition. And nothing good comes for free. There's a lot of free content and free things out there these days that people are taking advantage of. They're really good things. So that's a rule that we can break. So what are your thoughts on, on breaking the rules, Matthew? Well, uh, Gary Keller references in the Million Dollar Real Estate Agent book, too, that uh, going back to specifically real estate, um, how it seems as though you'll when you see a lot of agents that are working the market and some will do things like, wait, I didn't know you could do that. 
and they think maybe that's wrong, but nobody told them specifically they could do it. So, well, it's not necessarily wrong. You have to think in terms of that. And, so, and, and uh, you know, sometimes it's black and white. We don't want to break the rules, but if there's gray area, don't be afraid to venture into the gray area. Um, something that, uh, you know, Allie and I work together uh, at HRG. Allie's on the call. But one example of real estate is we'll put a house on the market coming soon. And there are some agents that don't don't even know, don't realize that they can make an offer on a property in the coming soon time. Well, we have rules that we have to follow that can't be broken whenever a property is in coming soon. That's our status. That means there's a date on the calendar of when the property will be available. Uh, but some agents will recommend to their clients to go ahead and make an offer during the coming soon time. Well, some agents don't even realize that's a possibility or they would tell their clients, oh, you don't you, you would never want to make an offer on a property until you have an opportunity to walk through it and see it. Well, that may be a rule that they that's a self-limiting belief uh, and it's limiting their clients. Uh, but the one that did step out there and make the offer, they may be the one that gets the house. And so they found a way even in a competitive market for buyers, which is where we're in in most markets around the country, uh, they found a way to get the job done. It wasn't necessarily a clear-cut rule, but it's one that we uh, think, well, hey, here's the date. You can see, uh, tell the clients, here's the date the property will be available. You can see it on that day and you can make an offer at that time. Well, guess what? What if the other agent didn't play by that same rule, made the offer a week ahead of time and worked out a deal before their clients even saw the house? So the, the agent that had the limiting belief and played by the rules, so to speak, um, did a disservice to their client and their client missed out on the property. I, I love how you said gray area, operating those gray areas. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised. Right, because telling the truth, we, we don't ever want to break a, I mean, we don't want to tell a lie. You don't tell an untruth. I mean, we certainly don't want to do that. But if there's, uh, if it's not a black and white and there's a gray, then, you know, uh, maybe there's a benefit to our clients uh, if it's not black and white. So yeah. I'm sure there's examples we could come up with. Yeah, I'm sure there are too. And I think that's a great term. I'm surprised he didn't use that in his book because I, that's basically what he's talking about in some cases is that gray area, exploiting that gray area. You know, it's not wrong. It's just different. It's a different way of thinking. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's a great place to be. Yeah. Well, you and Mark are tight. Can you, can you get a message to him? Say that he, when you revise it again. Yeah, I'll uh, give him a call. Add that. Okay. I'll give him a call after this is over with. I'll, you know, I'll shoot him a text. <laughs> The final we're, thing we're at the we, bottom of the hour, Craig. We got to cover the the rest of it quickly. Yeah, I was going to say the final thing that uh, that he talks about is leading with rapid execution, and um, the way we do that is we trust those in the field. Uh, we apply standard operating procedures, and we utilize a shoot, move, and communicate process. So you know, I love that trusting yeah. people in the field mentality. You know, I was just listening to uh, William McRaven, Ad Admiral McRaven was on Jocko's podcast um, a couple of days ago. It's a great conversation. And they were talking about that very thing, man. You know, the guys who were uh, in the upper echelon uh, lay out the vision and mission, but they trust the guys in the field but to make good decisions and, and, to, and to get the job done. You mm -hmm. know, applying standard operating procedures. What are the things that, that you do repetitively? You know, how do you put those on autopilot? Document what those what those standard operating procedures are and maybe document contingencies if things happen. And then you know what to do right away. You don't, you don't spend a lot of time thinking about what those things are. And then utilizing shoot, move, and communicate. He's basically talking about there as things change, you know, as we're thinking offensively and we're out doing things, um, kind of along the lines of that OODA loop, if you will. I think we talked about that on, on, on a couple of these uh, you know, if new options and new opportunities present themselves, 
you know, shoot, move and communicate and, and take advantage of those. And that's basically what that's basically what we talk about there. And uh, and that wraps up the principle number eight. Well, SOP, standard op- operating procedure, we were talking this week as a team that we can take over the world if we have solid SOP. If we have SOP of, of learning from years and years of uh, experience, what's going right, what's going wrong, and everybody on the team is operating according to one procedure because it's a standard and everyone knows it and agrees to work by it and hold each other accountable to it, and it's written out so that it's communicated clearly to the rest of the team, we just apply that to each section of the business, whether it's buyers, sellers, uh, office visits. When people come to our office, when we go out onto appointments, you can apply it to every facet. We could do an entire huddle, agent huddle, just on that one piece that he mentions in principle eight, the standard operating procedure. Zach, let's do that sometime. But we're, we're over time. So uh, that, that wraps up principle eight. And unless we do a follow-on to recap the material in the book, Craig, that concludes the eight principle series that we set out to do way of the seal by mark divine so that's it any parting words words of advice closing remarks from you know, our like friend said, and expert craig grace yeah, i appreciate you guys having me it's been a lot of fun i hope we get to come back and talk about other things um this this is a great book on leadership and like i said it really is something that you study and, and you train and you, and you uh you know you basically it, it, it kind of becomes maybe a lifestyle in a way if you will and so if anybody has questions, feel free to contact me, uh, you know, after the fact, and I'll, and I'll do what I can to help you out. And, um, yeah, how can they reach you, Craig, if they didn't uh, want to reach Jake, you after the fact? Yeah. My, uh, my personal email is jcraiggraves at gmail.com. So feel free to reach out to me there. Um, jcraiggraves is pretty much my social media handle on everything, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. So pretty easy to find. Well, if you're willing, we'd love to have you on again. Uh, we're looking at some dates in August and even further out than that, and some topics that are going to be a lot of great, great value for our agent community yeah, across the country. So, love to come back. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Let's do it. Live from the dojo. Principle eight was different than the first seven. Looking good, feeling good, Craig. You ought to be in Hollywood. It's, that's you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all. If you have follow-on questions, Craig's email was just listed there in the chat. Uh, ask Craig. Uh, MatthewHanks.com is how you can reach me. All my social media tags are there. And hope you guys have a fantastic day. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.